Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Final jobs number of the year, 199,000 for November. Slightly above estimates. Unemployment, 3.7. That's a four-month low. And the best participation rate since the pandemic. We'll get to it all. It's where our roadmap begins. That jobs report, of course. November numbers topping estimates. Futures try to climb higher following initial drop. Plus, Lululemon is the biggest laggard on the S&P this morning. That's following its tepid holiday outlook. We'll give you more details. And Honeywell agrees to buy carrier security business. The price tag is $5 billion. We're going to speak exclusively with Honeywell CEO. That'll be later this hour. Let's get some reaction to the jobs number. Uh, as we mentioned, some of the metrics here, Jim, uh, lowest annual uh, wage growth uh, in a while. Right. And uh, as we said, participation is encouraging. Major focus is exactly what you just said. And I, I want to say something that it's really bugging me. Uh, there's so many people who are looking for a rate cut in this weird world that we're in, uh, in finance. Uh, you look at what we've got here with these numbers, and if you're Jay Patterson, let's just play it out. But why do we have to start cutting? We have good numbers. Let's be sure. Let's have six months with numbers like this. And, and, David, it's only on Wall Street that they look at something. They have to make a decision. No one wants to say, hey, you know what? There's no trader. Right. They have to trade. I guess they have to. They have to. They're Jones and for trade. I guess they are. I was on the phone with somebody who typically would, and I said, you know what? Don't do it. Just stay on the phone with me. And they did. They stayed on the phone with they me. They probably and then, made a billion dollars. And by the way, nothing. they ended up not losing because I bet you they would have gone short. Like the, and the, you saw what happened to the futures right after. And now they've come more or less almost all the way back. David, with its series of great calls. So I did save somebody, I think. This well, is an old friend think, of mine, and I know, you know, I do know that they tend to do that. Sometimes. Well, okay, so you're... I was like, you're, don't do it. Don't get off the phone. <laughs> well, I think that the bias toward action by them is very unrealistic for what, I, if I'm j Powell says, look, I can keep rates up. We got a 3.7% unemployment rate. Why? Shouldn't I wait till it gets to like four and a half if we really have to start cutting? Because right now we're just beating inflation over the head. Let's keep beating it. Yeah. There are people starting to slice and dice, take away the UAW effect, take away SAG-AFTRA, take away government, right. and take away health care. Health And some of these non-cyclical areas, Jim, you're looking at 26 k for the month? <laughs> Manufacturing is a little bit stronger. We have, we're spending a trillion dollars in reshoring. We could create 28,000 jobs. Uh, I, a lot of people are confused by that healthcare number because we just don't see it in the system when you look company to company. But this is a very strong report, and I think that those who keep looking for you know revision that's down, you know, you get you get a revision that goes the wrong way. But I, maybe we, I think good is good is what I'm saying. I think that when you read some of these strategy notes we're starting to get, their biggest fear is a recession. They should wake up and smell the coffee. They really should. Meanwhile, we got gasoline futures uh, two-year low. Oil's on pace for seven weeks down. Haven't done that in several years. Meaning, does the tone of the meeting change next week? I think that the meeting can be, look, we're going to... Watch and wait. If we see weakness, we'll take action. But we uh, get CPI and PPI. Yes, yeah, yeah, right week, before. Right? Yeah, right before. So I, I mean, think that's going to be. More that's my point on this. oil. I mean, yeah, the headline's going to be. It's, it, look, it is important, but don't they have a statement? You think they changed the statement? Maybe on CPI? I don't know. Look, we've been dealing with companies all week. Like take Toll Brothers. I mean, the homes are a million bucks. 
that's not what the Federal Reserve wants. Yeah, but there aren't that many of them. Right. But I'm so, saying that I mean, the price of a house is up 40 percent. Uh, there was a really great moment in the Dollar General call. By the way, extraordinary call because they have these old CEOs back business. It cost them 30 percent more to make a store than it did three years ago. Well, that just makes the prices go up at this stuff. Well, or they take out an Oreo. You know how we do that? You know how you, when you buy a package, you say, wait a second. I think there's like, there's some Mike and Ike's missing. Well, now you're getting to David's Malamars. Thank uh, you. D- yeah, Mar- Carl, you've been listening yes. all these years. I he knows. If there's that. one fewer Malamar. They're, well, they, they cut back from 10 on the side to nine. That was years ago. And then they made them smaller. But I think Mondelez has stopped the shrinkage. For a you do? While. I, well, I think Mondelez. They took we the tates we that were like dirt. this, and the tates are now like <laughs> I, this. I think sh- I'm worried about shrinkage there. Not stealing. <laughs> but the Toblerone, you know, I bought it in Italy. I think uh, it was like, I don't think it was a yard and a half. I think it was like a yard and five inches. But it was in metrics. See, they fooled me because of that you know metric what? system. It, it's, it's better for all of us. It's better for all of us. We won't have to go on GLP once. We'll just eat fewer cookies. The Toblerone, you, that's a weapon. It is. It's a weapon. I mean, that thing is just too much. By the way, the shrinkage in Dollar General, frightening. 100 basis points. All of which is to say what, in terms of the economy. Things, I mean, the lower end is, is getting hit a bit. Yes, we know that. A bit. But, but joblessness remains. Well, as long as you have uh, a job you're going to spend. Yeah, remains I, I, low. Yeah. I heard and, someone talk about the credit card debt is bad and car debt is bad. If you have a job, you're going to pay for that car. Because you got to get your job. I know. Also, when you look at delinquencies, the fact is that they're really not even back to, to you know, 20. They're, right. They look worse given the surpluses everybody had a year ago or two years ago right. as a result of the government's uh, money. But they're still historically not bad at all. Right. No, we have to ask for a crazy period where you were getting checks. And it was like, hey, there's another check I got for the president. Well, that was to prevent economic scarring, which every month we get an indication worked. Right. I agree. Right. Uh, speaking of uh, the low end and the high end, Lulu today uh, falling in the pre-market. Current quarter guidance comes in shy of consensus despite the Q3 revenue beat and some pretty co- positive comments about the start of holiday. Meantime, the Journal's got this article highlighting how luxury retailers are trying to unload uh, excess inventory at the high end as shoppers pull back. They cite one online uh, merchant gym where inventory is up 44 in luxury. Look, luxury is the area that's, that's not doing well. We got that with, the, with Andy Jassy when I spoke to him at length uh, at, at Amazon. I, I do think that we've got this, uh, that the Lulu is a misinterpretation. Oh, those are Chinese. Those all trade China. They're obviously European companies. Well, but, yeah, that's ultra luxury. Yeah, a lot right. of that is but, related to demand we, from China. You, you really have to things. parse the Lulu. Because okay. Calvin McDonald is a fabulous CEO. And the numbers are all great. So the big conundrum is, how could he be so worried about the quarter if it started so well? Does he know something we don't know? And it got a little defensive at the end. Uh, for a guy who's one of the great merchants of our time. Although so, we got a pretty healthy movement in price targets. Uh, increases at Morgan Stanley, Oppenheimer, right. Key, and some, some others. People recognize that that's just him being the Stock was looking a lot worse right after they reported the number. Well, because the headline, the, you know, they do the GP, you know, whatever, is the chat GPT. It, it basically says immediately, hey, listen, uh, th- this is really bad. And then you listen to the conference call, and the analysts seem to be more influenced by headlines than a long time. So, Carl, I think that uh, everyone was just saying over and over again on that call, what do you know? 
tell us what you know. And finally, he just said, listen, I got to be prudent. What's the matter with prudence? And I think he's being prudent, but I think he's going to make good numbers. I think we have some sound racked if you want to hear oh, a bit good. of yeah, what, what, what we heard last night. Take a listen. We're pleased with the trends we've seen at the start of the holiday season. That being said, the majority of the quarter remains in front of us. We remain aware of the uncertainties in the macro environment, and we continue to plan the business for multiple scenarios. Is that not what you should do? I mean, when I was listening to it, I said, oh, okay. You know, there are a lot of scenarios out there. Got a plan for them. Right, David? Yep. Yep. Um, Jim, I want to come back on a, a couple of things in the market the last few days in terms of, well, AI-related and just in general sort of what seems to be kind of this retail trade again. Okay. A lot of the stocks that are heavily shorted moving up, um, like Coin or Affirm, uh, Bitcoin, obviously, itself. Right. I don't know if Robinhood is doing any better yes, suddenly. Yes, it is. It went from 8 to 11. Um, no, but I mean, I get maybe it's Oh, was the company's doing better? Yeah. No, yeah, well... Maybe Only, more people uh, are using it. A firm is doing better. They yes. didn't screw up. Max Levchin I, did not but, have bad buy now pay And then this move in AMD and Google yesterday, a day after news, the Gemini thing came out at 10 o'clock on Wednesday, AM Eastern. The stock moved 6% Google yesterday. Yesterday was nineteen ninety nine. I don't. Yeah, you get do. It. You know, yesterday was nineteen ninety nine. And AMD did not have great things to say. And then the stock ran ten percent. Um, I think that people were excited about how she took uh, the four hundred billion from two hundred billion since when she had it in August for generative AI. But look, this yesterday, David, seemed like. Uh, a realization that maybe Alphabet's got something going, a realization that there's enough room for AMD's chips. But it, it was kind of odd because you, the, the, the move should have at one point tapered off. I know. It just I kept just going. didn't react the tape prior when the actual product was unveiled, so to speak, or it didn't react nearly as much as it did the, the well, next you know, day. You know, it doesn't have the sulfur layer. You know, that, there are all questions about how do you monetize Gemini, and then there's the whole question about search and how that's going to change, and are they going to be giving up share and search at Google while, Google while Gemini may be something that can compete. Uh, th- when I was in Seattle, the thing that people keep saying is, this is not search. This is not search. You could, people like are putting it in, uh, you know, they're asking uh, GPT, tell me about five good Mexican restaurants in the area. It's like, no, draw a picture of, of glass pants. And it does a picture of glass pants. Glass pants. That's from I Spy. Remember the show with Bill Cosby and Robert Cole, I Spy? Wow, I Spy. Yeah. Say, oh, yes. wow. Glass uh, pants. pants. You're pants. taking us back to back. the 60s. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm okay. just saying that. Just it, making sure. It doesn't, you know, you're making, you're, oh, I think you're doing rock, paper, scissors. I, I don't necessarily think that that's the fundament of gender AI. But no. boy, is it fun? And how funny is the guy? He was like the guy who used to do, I went to work at the Goldman Slacks. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to a lot more of what uh, Jassy told Jim about AI, the dangers of AI, uh, the Hyundai partnership, and a lot more after the break. We got some news on today. Tesla, Spotify, Apple, Microsoft, Qualcomm, Micron, uh, and uh, Broadcom, of course. Futures uh, still struggling to get out of the red. We're back in a minute. I happen to think that generative AI is going to change every customer experience, and it's going to make it much more accessible for everyday developers and even business users to use. So I think there's going to be a lot of societal good, but you have to pay attention to some of the dangers of, of, 
uh, generative AI, and you have to have the right security, and you got to make sure that um, that the models are not overly hallucinating, and so you you do have to care about safety and that. And it, in the businesses we operate in, whether you're talking about consumers and our consumer businesses or enterprises. In our AWS business, they, they're going to care about the safety pieces. So we have a lot of focus there, but I also don't think that you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, I actually think this is going to be hugely helpful in every customer experience. Andy Jassy with Jim. You got so much stuff, you had to break it into multiple days. Yeah, we did. And we spent a lot of time together. He's a very, very, very thoughtful man. Uh, that was in relation to some of the concerns that David raises. Uh, about safety, and what I thought was terrific is nothing glib. You know, there's these two camps out there. It's like, hey, it's Terminator, or don't right. worry about it. Right. And then there's Jassy, which is, I think, where you want him to be. Look, you got to be thoughtful, don't overreact, but understand it could be used negatively. I thought that was really a, a refreshing view. Yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. Don't panic, but but be real serious about what could go wrong here. Right. The question is what safeguards will be available and or put in place as things move at a, 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 a rapid pace. Well, I think that, um, that that's the big issue. And but they are, you know, going to fuel rises uh, for the companies providing AI services or the backbone of AI. It's obviously a, ver a great profit opportunity. We talk about it endlessly. You're taking a look at number one there, NVIDIA, in terms of beneficiary of Yeah, and they have a good relationship. And then what People it means think for productivity in the workplace over time as these apps and these opportunities become available in the enterprise to companies. But you move at breakneck speed, Jim, you're going to break things. Right, but I think that what people have to recognize, I, he used a bunch of examples, but there's a, I happen to like the Lee Child Jack, Jack Reacher series. It, it, it's just a, just a good storybook. And he knows that I know that I've ordered it, and he's got the movie. Uh, so he's got everything about me, and he has predictive information that says that I will buy the book. And I did, and it had it a couple hours later. He knew. I didn't know that the new book was out. He knew there was a new book, and I'd buy it. And he knows this for about 100 million, 100 million people. Quite exciting. So I got it same day. Right. Well, I didn't have to go to a bookstore. Oh, by the way, if you want to know, I happen to like the new fellows run Walgreens, but look, they're the big winner of shrinkage and the big winner of plexiglass, get the key, ring the button, because they know they can get that thing to you at home, which is where you want it anyway. So why go to Walgreens? It's a very big existential threat, particularly because they have a great pharmacy. It's existential for these companies. Listen, every day, I, I was interesting to listen to his comments and how, I, I, you know, how they're going to incorporate it. Are they going to have their own offering as well, or it's only really what, how Amazon's going to incorporate AI? Oh, no, their own offering. You'll be able to use. I mean, users. within AWS, certainly, right? Yes. There's going to be, there is already. Right, well, and they've got, extent. look, they, don't forget, they've got the best analytics. Remember, they have, uh, Adam Slipsky's there, and, and he has a great sense of, you can get a dashboard. They have a great relationship with Salesforce. They don't talk about it. Mark doesn't talk about it. Uh, Mark Penn, the CEO. But that's, you know, the interaction if you want to try to figure out how to use it best for sales. By the way, out there, uh, when you talk offline about does everybody know what they're doing, some people wish that people would rent the cloud, which is the Snowflake model, so they could understand it before they just spend fortunes. Before you make a long-term commitment yeah. that's locked into with one because, of the cloud providers. Right, because yeah. everybody's worried that you know, their customers yeah. are going to spend fortunes and it won't be valuable. 
Meanwhile, you got even more on AI from Sievert uh, at T-Mobile, right? Take a listen to what Mike told Jim last night. Gen AI is going to usher in and sort of lock in the era of cloud even more. Right. Well, it's going to do the same for 5G because when you're moving massive amounts of information from your person to be to be processed by AI in the cloud, that takes connectivity. And of course, you know, that's going to showcase the advantage of our unique world leading 5G network here. So now we're moving from picks and shovels to platforms. Yes. And what I, I got to tell you, you, you speak to people while they're getting mic'd up and stuff. One thing is for certain, uh, if you were worried about there wouldn't be any more share take because the whole country's pretty, pretty carved up, yeah. he said, no, you're looking at it all wrong. It's the amount of data that's coming is so huge, and the services we have, I, I got the sense that, that the era of the price cut, price cut, price cut is over. By the way, the Apple, uh, the 15, it's still the best way to open an account and take people's business. And I think one of the things that people got wrong about the, the 15 is Mike Sievert is the man who's selling you the 15. I don't know. From everything, all I've heard, all I want, I would think from an investment standpoint, just own like data centers. Just own as many data centers as you can or involve yourself in data oh, centers. Oh, then your Oracle, which reports on Or Monday. maybe your Vertive. Or maybe your, Vert- did you see the digital realty deal today with Blackstone? Their $7 billion deal, digital realty. They're, they're going to build four, meg, four giant data centers. They're going to produce 500 megawatts or consume 500 megawatts of power. That's, I looked, that's 86,000 homes. Or four data centers around the world. Well, Frankfurt, if, Paris, if Northern Virginia, Vert- $7 billion, dollars, you know coming in to build these things. That's where the, it's the picks and shovels. Right, right. right. Invertive, I think we had them on. It's an amazing company. It's, it, and Dave Cody, we have Honeywell on today. Dave Cody, a former CEO, is the chairman of, of that. He's very active. I have to tell you, I was blown away. I was blown away how real this thing is. I came in ready to just shred it, okay? And I came back, you know what this O's the mentalist? Yes. He has nothing on Jassy. Jassy knew everything about me, well ahead of what I know. O's is pretty impressive, I will say. He was here the other night. <laughs> yes, yes. Scott Wapner had him. It was great. We'll get more on that. we got some news on Microsoft and Apple uh, tied to both of those storylines. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and Countdown to the Opening Bell. One more look at futures on this Friday. Don't go anywhere. Get to a Mad Dash. We've got an opening bell about six minutes or so from now. Let's talk a little Broadcom. As I like to point out, one of the larger companies out there, $430-plus billion market value, having recently completed the acquisition of VMware and reported earnings after the bell, Jim. What's the take that we're hearing at this point? All right, point? well, look, the, the profits were great. The revenue is not as great. I'm saying not a consequential quarter because what they're doing is so rapidly shifting this VMware and making it so that you can onboard the cloud. Now, we know... Jassy said it's still 90% on-premises. This is a way to get on cloud with VMware. One of the things that, that Hawk talked about is the deal took so long to close, they've built up a lot of cash, and they're going to go and buy back their stock aggressively. Yep. Now, you know, Hawk, aggressive means real, yep. like done. And I think that one of the things that I was most excited about, everybody raised the price target, is that I think that he, uh, at times he gets, he, he raised the dividend. Sometimes he just thinks his stock is so cheap, then it's time for the run for the roses. They have uh, $14.189 billion in cash. That compared yep. to about $12 billion at the end of the prior quarter. They have $7 cents. billion to buy. EBITDA, uh, adjusted EBITDA margins of 65%, $17.6 billion, that's for the year, uh, fiscal year 23. 
uh, 17.6 billion in free cash flow. That's roughly running at 49% of revenue. That's a lot of margin. Oh, well, yeah, he, he's the most lucrative of everyone in tech. And by the way, partnership with NVIDIA. Yeah. Which, which, David, if you don't have a partnership with NVIDIA, you're naked. Like, I went out, I walked out, and I said, geez, I forgot my pants. That's like not having a partnership with NVIDIA. Everyone's got one. <laughs> Everybody's got one. AI-related sales crossed six billion year run rate in Q4. This is a B of A report. Yes. And we expect that uh, to accelerate growth, they say. But Early no, stages but of what they call a multi-hundred billion AI data center opportunity. It's for real. Hawk got it. Back and to the picks and shovels. And yeah, so on the because data of what you what just said. Into it. Because of what you, you just said, I think the seven billion, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he bought it all between here and Europe. In terms of the bottom Because he thinks, yeah, because he thinks stock's so Does cheap. Does move the needle that much on a 430 billion market? Now? Yes, because all the analysts love it. So there's just, it's an inexpensive stock that is AI. Yeah. It's not bad. We'll be keeping a, an eye on shares of uh, Broadcom. And we got a lot of other stocks to watch for you. Opening bell also just four minutes away. Don't go anywhere. Honeywell announcing it's agreed to buy carrier security business for about $5 billion in cash, part of an effort to enhance and strengthen its building automation capabilities. Carrier says the proceeds will go toward paying down debt. CEO is going to join us in a few moments. This is things like uh, electronic locks, Jim, for hospitals and uh, hotels, for example. They, they own the hotel market. Uh, I think that this is a deal that helps them both. Now, I know Honeywell... Frankly, it's a little beyond me to think why it's down three, because this is going to be accretive. It makes a lot of sense for a division that needed to grow, the security division. You can never have enough security, never have enough safety. The carrier, obviously, they had to get the proceeds. And I think there were some people who think that they couldn't get this deal done. They got it done. I actually think it is good for both companies. Now, my terrible trust owns Honeywell. The stock had been creeping up as if it was going to be an announcement. We got the announcement, and some people were just selling very knee-jerk Get the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board. American Equity Investment Life celebrating its 20th listing anniversary at the NASDAQ shipping company United Maritime. So one more notch in the December data. Does that set us up for what was classically the Santa Claus rally period? Jim? Yes. Okay, because I, if you can take recession off the table, I mean, you know, we get these notes. You, you, you get the people are starting to do their year-end notes, right? And what I'm seeing is there are people who say, listen, there's still going to be a sense that the slowdown will, will snowball. And I read the numbers today and I say, no, that's your own paranoia. It, it, there's no panic coming here. And I like that. What? You look at me. What? Am I supposed to be as negative as these analysts? Look at this. I, got, I have like, this is like the analysts who are negative. <laughs> Yeah, this is the analyst who are positive. <laughs> guys, their lives must be miserable. They, like, they, I don't know, maybe they had, like, one of those quarterbacks went down in their fantasy league or something. They're playing, the marvel but, of the amount of paper that you waste every day. I mean, are you really going to read D.A. Like, Davidson's I, I like sector brief on food products? I was all over that. They're like Mondelez. I mean, <laughs> seriously? Really pick. Don't, really, don't quiz them on this was stuff. Was this the key chart, Jim, on page uh, 26? Gross margins, food gross margins have con- contracted 300 basis points since 2009. Yeah, well, that- e- with each cycle's peak and trough lower than prior. Did I- you know that? Yes, and that's why the, the multiple's shrinking constantly. Yeah. David, the only one's multiple's going up is Clorox because they figured out where all the Clorox was after the hack. 
I'm glad you got this. Eventually, J sure. J eventually AI will give you all the. All yeah. The eventually, why don't you have one page on right. every single thing that that actually goes through all of all of your research in well, the morning? No, because that's what a lot of. By the way, CFO CEOs I talk to, what do you do? How are you using it? Well, analysts will write reports about my company, and I just summarize. Period. I can make myself look so much better, please. What, than the, than the, than well, the bouncer I mean, at the porn nightclub? Did you look at Gemini? I mean, I feel like, you know, after that, I said I look like Daniel Craig. They drew me as Daniel Craig. Actually, it's strip club bouncer. That's what I was going for there. Uh, Lulu's the biggest S&P loser at the Open Gym. We didn't mention RH either, if we're talking oh, about the high end. Oh, that was, okay, so Gary Friedman's been on the show a number of times as CEO. He was, he was quite defensive and was making the point, he's brought back a huge number of shares at higher, making the point that, that this is the worst housing market ever. And then he walked it back and said, well, actually, 2008, 2009. No, well, it is the worst. Well, because it's, it's frozen. It's as bad. Right. There's nobody. I mean, yeah, toll's doing fine. We know that. But what and are the numbers? Three point, mil, what is it? 3.2 million something tiny you, overall. Their sales. They've never had a lower number. The fulcrum of their sales are new homes. For rich people. Oh, is that true? Yeah. And all right, well, frankly, that's, that, right. Oh, all right. So they're yeah. basically furnishing all those those homes. Right. Yeah. Right. And they, but, they, the highest end, and they're talking about Munich. There's great stuff about Munich. But if you're when connected, Munich open, if you're you're connected into you're home sales, it's not going well for you right now, particularly. No, and that's why he's just saying, listen, a frozen housing market is the worst for him. Although, and, and it is frozen. Uh, we got mortgage rates here down for the sixth straight week, 703. UK, sub six. Or actually, sub seven with a six handle. Doug, Doug Yearly's saying, look, it's just going to make it so that there are even more homes that they can do one. They, they're actually going to build a few more than they have spoken for. They were just building ones that are spoken for. But look, it's a bad market for for Gary. But it's still the differential in terms of where your mortgage rate is now. And I'm sorry, where well, your mortgage that you have and where the mortgage rate but, you'd have to get is still so well, the, wide, the given that rapid increase in rates. Right, and th what's the big sticking point is how many people actually did refinance, and they don't want to give up that three no. and a half. Well, are they going to really wait to get back to that exact level? Gary thinks that they're going to... Gary's kind of negative short-term. Wow, I, I, I felt for the guy because I, the analysts were like, no, you see, 2008 was bad for housing. He didn't realize he's speaking about transactions, but no one said the obvious, which is hold him. Laura Albert, William Sonoma. I don't know, man. That, sh that, that showroom they have in Meatpacking. How great is it? That's amazing. Don't you I think? Mean, you, and can't, you, you can't find, find more couches. There. And, and apparently, this hour and a half pilgrimage to the, to the London uh, I don't know what you're mansion about. that they have. Uh, have. Paris, you can overlook with, uh, it's with caviar. They have just Petrosian overlooking the Eiffel Tower. Oh, that's nice. I Munich. Like uh, um, fine. I like the RH guest house. Very nice. And there. you know which one they got highlighted? After Munich, after Paris, after London? Indianapolis. Really? Yeah. Big wow. mansion in Indianapolis. David, let's get on a plane. To Indianapolis. Yeah. Sure. Sure, why not? Gardner Minshew playing some good ball. I've been there. He's been we'll, make it, we'll make it a new cities of success. We'll, we'll look for some of those. That would yeah. be something, because Nashville is. And by the way, no. people like the series. Because, Carl, because are, you gonna get, are you going to get lobbied heavily now, like for the next? Are we getting emails from chambers of commerce every day? Yeah. You really are, right? Yeah. I bet it. Uh, well, Amazon is, I think, ready to have a bigger office there than anywhere else in the country. Where? Nashville. 
Oh, yeah. You know, they're building twin towers. It's yes. amazing. Yeah. And I said, are you going to have that big room where you can have a Taylor Swift concert? And it was kind of like, Andy's so smart. I mean, I was kind of, I think he was thinking, oh, God, Kramer wants to have like a pull quote. You know, if, you know, tra- next, he's going to talk about Travis Kelsey. Right. But look, I said, if you had a concert that was available for Prime, there would be a substantial number of people who would sign up uh, Prime for the concert. He said, absolutely, which made me feel that I'm not off base. I'm not off base in this. He's got to be happy with with Thursday nights, yeah? Happy? I mean, I said it was 25, it's 27. Uh, It is electric for them. And one of the things that I think is so cool is that the generative AI follows like the first quarter and they see all the tendencies and they can predict the blitz uh, for everybody and who's going to blitz. And I made the joke that maybe the coaches should have uh, your program on the sidelines. And he was like, they don't? He didn't say that, but the idea is is that if you can know where the the Eagles are going to blitz Dallas on Sunday night, well, you know, from generative AI, if you're the Cowboys, you got to leg up. But same thing, Michael Parsons, I'll know exactly where he's going to blitz because, I, well, no, it's, it's actually on our network. Well, speaking of streaming, uh, Paramount's leading the S&P on some of these uh, Redbird headlines. You no, know, Carl, I was just, I, I got the story from, it's a deadline story. It was earlier. Obviously, I've spent way too much time through the years talking to people about Paramount its future and the challenges that company faces. The story is basically along the lines of, hey, is there somebody out there along, such as Redbird that would be interested in trying to acquire not the company, but the control position via uh, National Amusements? It's, um, it's not a novel idea. It's been around for a long time as a possibility. I don't know anything. Redbird's got plenty on their plate, including obviously, as I think I've reported, being interested at least in participating in some way in what's going on with the PGA and live and whether they ever can figure it out but as being a significant investor there and that group of potential money bidders so to speak is has gotten uh, uh, smaller so Redbird's certainly still there for that I, I don't you know uh, a number of significant executives have sort of made their home at Redbird or will make their home at Redbird in the in that in the industry but I'd, I'd take a dash of, uh, of uh, salt. Thank you. Why, Thank why you. I was trying to think of what spice <laughs> should be used here, but yes, salt. I, I like McCormick, but it sells it 27 times. Thank you, Jim. Was that in the food products? Uh, no, they should have put it in. I was actually let down by that. Thank you, DA Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Warner's Warner's leaving the NDX as well. Um, in the UK today, Jim, uh, the CMA uh, is request, or considering, according to Reuters, whether or not to probe Microsoft OpenAI. You know. Meanwhile, FTC second request. Chevron has. has. Oh well, they were. They're doing like. They're doing like re- requests on. Well, you're, you, everybody. Knew, I mean, you're going to get a second request on, on Exxon, on, on Exxon Pioneer. You're going to get a second request on Chevron Hess. The question on Chevron Hess really is the one I asked Aaron Woods yesterday. Exxon, obviously, their junior partner in Guyana, Guyana. is Hess, and there's this fear that the Venezuelans are going to become more bellicose and actually try to take this, take control of this disputed region, and then potentially, you know, will they move offshore? And, and try to cause trouble for what is an enormous uh, uh, oil field there. But you're in, the answer he gave you 
that yeah. there are other interests that will make it not happen? Yes. Who's he talking about? I, I should have asked a follow-up. We were at the very end of our interview. I assume he's talking about greater powers, such as the U.S. or even others, That's what that I will felt. step in and defend Guyana. But I, but I did not was, was get an explanation. I believe that's what Mr. Woods was referring to, yes. Or in some way. Flashpoint. Big flashpoint. Um, but if you're Chevron right now, are you worried? This Guyana is the biggest single portion of value at Hess. Uh, you know what? I, I'd say you have to be worried. I mean, I'm working on Adobe for next week. Figma. Yeah. I'd be worried. Shantan Orion. That deals. They can't seem to get that deal closed. All the deals. Uh, Alberts and Kroger's. Like, you know. They take their time, too. That's another thing that the FTC does. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Alberts and Kroger, I, 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 you know, there was some talk. It's going to be uh, this week or next week. I'm, no, that's not the case. I, I worry FTC about Microsoft has been unscathed Microsoft, ever since they learned their lesson during the Steve Bomber era. People don't tend, people think that they have processes. They do. I'm not, I, I, it would shock me if, if that's. If there's really something there. Wait, wait, where are we, what are we back to? What are what are we, I'm sorry, what deal are we back to now? But the CMA deal on oh, no, Microsoft, right. looking into it. Oh, you're talking about open AI. Yeah. I just you gotta, think. you got to tell people but how what do you, the story is before you comment on it. I thought everyone it. knew about it. Why do you think everybody knows the CMA is investigating Microsoft and open AI? Because it's so, it's so prurient, so exciting. Well, people sitting at home in their underwear, do you really think that they know? I don't want to think about that. Oh, sorry. All right. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Um, all right. Honeywell announcing plans to acquire Carrier's global access solutions business in an all-cash deal for $4.95 billion. And joining us now at CNBC exclusive, Honeywell CEO Vimal Kapoor. Vimal, it's great to see you on this show. Thank you for coming. See you again. Uh, good to see you again, Jim. So I, I look at this deal and I think, I, I know it's cliche to say win-win. Uh, Dave Gitlin over at Carrier, he needed the money to keep his ratings uh, solid as he finishes his acquisition of a pump company in, in Germany. But for you, uh, safety and security are industries that you can really take over here because it's been the mantra even from when Dave Cody ran it. What I want to know is, is this one where you're going to just uh, take over that hotel vertical? There's very few that don't use it. Or I've been working on the idea that maybe this is all those companies that are reshoring and all the data center companies that need security. And that's got to be a great growth business for you. No, absolutely, Jim. Uh, you know, automation is a, you know, I talked about my strategy to focus on, focus anyone on three mega trends, automation, aviation, and energy transition. And this one is right in the wheelhouse of, of that strategy. We have a good business in building automation space and security business uh, from carrier uh, fits right in. Uh, the trends we see, and Jim, you pointed out right, very well, historically, we thought of security of managing people access. We know all swapped our cards, and we thought that's what security control means. But now it's pivoting to managing assets, assets like data center, pharmaceutical production, semiconductor fab. So we see growth here at a higher, higher trend rate. Therefore, we are excited about this business and how it becomes a creative to Honeywell, both for growth and for the margins. You know, there was something about uh Lenel S2 partners with Apple to provide companies with employee badges in Apple Wallet. You, you also will be focused on who can get in 
which I think we know from cybersecurity, they want to get in through the, your PC, but they want to get into your buildings. And this seems to be the way that everybody is trying to stop that from happening, and it'll be your business. Absolutely. There's going to be more and more convergence of physical security and uh, you know, cybersecurity. And increasingly, customers are asking us more and more about, around you know, how to converge these uh, two words. What I like about this business is outwardly security business will look like uh, you know, a lot of hardware, but this business has done tremendous job to build a very, soft, very strong software franchise, which fits very well on how the cybersecurity integration will happen here. So, a lot of good momentum on the core, but some of the new macros are going to help uh, this business a lot. People don't realize this company is a big company, and you have, what, about more than, almost 50% of the uh, Fortune 100 usual already? Uh, I, I didn't hear the question, Jim. Oh, they, uh, almost 50% of the Fortune 100 use this company that you're buying. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. The penetration is to the big companies is, is pretty strong. And I expect that to grow, you know, the value Honeywell is going to bring in. Uh, we do a good job of having a lot of large accounts. Uh, you talked about data center as an example. We are only going to increase penetration from top 50 to many other larger organizations in U.S., in Europe, and rest of the world. Dave Cody once told me when he was running Honeywell that you'll never see a rollback in safety and security. No one says, you know what, yeah. we have too much safety. And that therefore you want to put your chips in this. This seems to be an asset that fits right into Dave's idea that you are just going to have more security and more safety around the world and your new company will play a big role in that. Yep, the safety and security, uh, I absolutely believe in that. The, the How the world is shaping up uh, the parameters required or the offerings required around safety and security are only going to increase. We have a very good business in this space uh, in our automation, and this asset just uh, puts a multiplier effect, give us an opportunity to build the business which is higher growth, more margin expansion, better cash generation, which really excites me uh, on this deal. But I think people may think, and judging from the stock, that maybe somehow you're done. But you have 25 billion in firepower. By no means are you done reinventing Honeywell. Yeah, I mean, we are actively looking at uh, M&A opportunities, this being uh, one of them. Earlier this year, we acquired about $700 million deal for compressor control and other uh, automation addition into our portfolio. Yeah, we will constantly look at uh, improving the portfolio quality through M&A. That's our strategy. Bolt-on M&A is our strategy. Every time you bring in an asset, we look at it, how it go, uh, grows the core business, but also adds the revenue. Uh, so the firepower cushion, absolutely, we uh, keep looking. And if the deal makes sense for the strategy, and if it has the right returns for Honeywell, as this deal has it, we'll continue to stay active in the market. Uh, I spent a lot of time reading uh, stuff by Steve Tusa because he's been uh, critical about some companies uh, and not others. I know he thinks you're doing a terrific job, but I would be wrong not to bring up the, the long cycle business. It just seems like aerospace, uh, people like Boeing, but your aerospace business, can you, is it fair to say that it's the strongest it's ever been? Oh, yeah, the aerocycle is probably uh, strongest. Uh Absolutely, for a long time. The commercial aerospace business is doing very well. Uh, the defense and space part of the business portfolio is also performing extremely well. Two unfortunate wars generate demand, but we also see trend line on many NATO countries and other allies of US spending more money. 
So our business is not growing only in the core commercial, but also in defense and space and business yet. So I see growth momentum in Aero for a few years ahead. Uh, probably it's one of the best time for the Aero industry. Um, switching back to the acquisition, uh, there's a part of the Onity, uh, which offers electronic locks, including hospitality access, mobile credentials. Uh, nine out of the top 10 hotel chains are, are using this. I mean, is, this just a, is it a subscription business? I mean, it seems like it must be consistent revenue. Yep, the hospitality is a big part of our segment today. We do uh, environmental controls in hotels. If you go to a hotel and uh, the fancy thermostat on the wall, it saves a lot of energy. So th this acquisition brings more capability in the space in form of electronic locks. Uh, I believe electronic locks are going to have more expansion in uh, other applications. So not only we could uh, get stronger in uh, access controls, which we talked earlier, but electronic locks. So there's a lot of goodness in this deal. That's why we really like about that. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Vimal, and I think that this is the beginning of what I've been waiting for, because I know when you came on the show, you said there's a lot of things happening. That's Vimal Kapoor. He is the CEO of Honeywell. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look, these are pro -sad. I like pro -sad. <laughs> I I don't want a long ball Paramount <laughs> deal here. I don't want him coming this on saying, like if you see Yellowstone, it's a, that's a good one. I saw it on there. No. This is a screen pass for 10 yards? Yeah. It, Yes, nice. it's a screen pass for 10. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of something that better happen on Sunday night by the Eagles with Dallas Goddard. <laughs> Are we getting him back? I'm going to the game because nice. I'm the loudest person in the stadium. I'm good for about 20 Dallas fans. Just watch the voice. Oh, man, yeah, Vocal don't rest. come back here with no voice. Why? What do you mean, why? Uh, you, you, can't, you, you don't leave it in the locker room. You got to do it right there. <laughs> As we go to break, let's take a look at bonds today. Uh, a little bit elevated, 10-year 4.2, 2-year 4.7. Uh, people watching that unemployment rate at a four-month low. Uh, average hourly earnings, three-month annualized, 3.1. That's not bad. And we'll get you mission in about 10 minutes. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. J&J had an amazing meeting this week, and I really thought that they told a great story. Re just all sorts of good things with drugs, pipeline. But we're back in talc hell. Uh, this morning, there's a story on Bloomberg about an exchange, a lawyer of someone who did some defense work, proposed $19 billion talc cancer case settlement. That's twice what J&J has said it would like to pay. This is back on the red hot griddle. There's a Minnesota case that's coming up. And I, it's, I just cannot believe that in three days we forgot all the good things J&J is doing. And we're back focusing on talc and cancer. It won't go away. It just won't go away. Yeah, I mean, you... The, the, the jury element of it all, the unpredictability. Oh, my God, the that. most. Uh, I, I, uh, I, spoke, I hired a lawyer to figure this thing out uh, because I thought I was not getting a straight story. These are some of the most sympathetic plaintiffs you could ever have. And a jury feels for JJ's just won some cases. They're hard cases to listen to. How bad. Jim, good hour. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you. By the way, personally, congratulations, Nashville. People talking about, hey, you guys are doing stuff about what's really happening. And that's so sensational. Uh, a lot of good work and, and great stuff on Jassy Amazon. We'll oh, see you thank soon. You. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. tonight. Great job, guys. <laughs> and we uh, also like David. Uh, and we'll I, like be check. I like this check. Thanks, 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 thanks for coming. Him. Thanks for coming back, <laughs> at least. So I'm not alone here anymore. <laughs> Goldman's Jan Hatzius on the jobs number after a break. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.